to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Open up your Bibles to the 86th Psalm, the 11th verse. And I'm going to be reading out of the New King James. We don't have a preferred translation. I just want you to read the Bible. (laughs) But follow along with me if you will. 86 Psalm verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify your name forevermore. For great is your mercy toward me. And you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. I want to preach a thought that was inspired by a song. And it's no news to you. I have a lot of that. But the thought is simply this. Mercy came running. Mercy came running. Would you help me pray? Lord, we love you. We bless you, and we're so thankful to be in your presence. I I stand before this great group of people realizing that I am nobody special, Lord. I need your anointing. I need your empowering. I need your direction and guidance. Help me to preach and teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy, God. Do what you want to do in this place because you are God and God all by yourself. We celebrate you, and you can do whatever you want to do because you'll get the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. Look at your neighbor before you're seated and tell them mercy came running. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm often amazed by the mercy of God because there's no thought like God's mercy. When you simply think that his mercies are made new every morning for you and I, this is the reason why we are not consumed because his mercies keep us. The very reason you and I are here today is because of the mercy of God. There are many attributes to God, and I believe that God is merciful. And if God is merciful, that means he is completely and entirely and perfectly merciful. If God is love, then he is completely and perfectly love. If God is good, then he is completely and perfectly good and he is all of those things if God is holy he is completely and perfectly holy but I thought today and as I was driving home I thought to myself God the only reason I'm alive and well today is because of your mercy and many of us have that same testimony as a matter of fact not just many of us you might not realize it but even if you don't realize it or acknowledge it you have that testimony it's the mercy of God that has kept you today it's the mercy of God that has sustained you today it's the mercy of God that has provided for you today it's the mercy of God that we're here breath in our lungs and have the privilege and opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus Albert Fisher wrote a poem in the poem, and I quote him. He says, love is the theme, love is supreme. Sweeter it grows, glory bestows, bright as the sun ever it glows. Love is the theme, eternal theme. There's some songs here 
that I wanted to share with you, which no doubt, if you have faith in Christ, you probably heard at one point or another. But Donnie McClurkin wrote a song, Great is your mercy towards me. Your loving kindness towards me. Your tender mercies I see day after day. Forever faithful toward me. Always providing for me. Great is your mercy towards me. Great is your grace. The song that inspired the title of this message says, Once there was a holy place, evidence of God's embrace, and I could almost see mercy's face pressed against the veil. Looking down with longing eyes, mercy must have realized that once his blood was sacrificed, freedom would prevail. And as the sky grew dark and the earth began to shake, with justice no longer in the way, mercy came running. Like a prisoner set free, passed on my failures to the point of my need. When the sin that I carried was all I could see, and when I could not reach mercy, mercy came running to me. Once there was a broken heart, way too human from the start and all the years left it torn apart hopeless and afraid walls i never meant to build left this prisoner unfulfilled freedom called but even still it seemed so far away i was bound by the chains from the wages of my sin just when i feel like giving in mercy came running like a prisoner set free Past all of my failures to the point of my need. When the sin that I carried was all that I could see. And when I could not reach mercy, mercy came running to me. Sometimes I feel, I still feel so far, so far from where I really should be. He gently calls to my heart just to remind me. Mercy came running like a prisoner set free, past all my failures to the point of my need, when the sin that I carried was all I could see, and when I could not reach mercy, mercy came running to me. Doesn't it feel wonderful to rejoice in a God who is merciful? We have reason to give God praise because he is a merciful God. He is a loving God, and we should celebrate his mercy. I'm grateful for the mercy of the Lord. And let me just help you out. If you don't understand, mercy is only given when somebody is identified as being guilty. You and I are guilty. You may ask guilty of what? Well, I'll tell you we're guilty of sin because we were all born into sin. And as a matter of fact, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And even if we want to claim to be righteous, our righteousness is like filthy rags. But the mercy of God has kept you and I. The mercy of God has sustained you and I. When we deserve judgment, when we deserved hell, when we deserved guilt, when we deserved condemnation, when we deserved shame, mercy came running to you and I. Mercy came running. As a matter of fact, when you did not know how to pray, mercy came running to you. When you did not feel like worshiping, mercy came running to you. When you did not know which way to go, mercy came running to you. When you walked away, mercy was running after you. Somebody ought to give God thanks for the mercy of God because his mercy is still running today. 
I'm going to lean on this just a little bit because we ought to be grateful for the mercy of God. I'm not here to get a response and to cajole anybody, but I do want to make one thing adamantly and very, very clear. We are here today because of the mercy of God. We all deserve a devil's hell, but God, who is rich in his mercy, decided to be kind to us and postpone judgment and say, come on. I want you to think about it for a moment. Think about it. Aren't, aren't you thankful? Just, just think about this. No matter where you are in your faith in Christ, I want you to let this sink in for a moment. There's nothing that you did to deserve any of it. See, here's how a lot of us in faith we kind of trick. We are master performers. We will fake everybody out at the stakeout. We'll come in, boy, looking clean. Runway clean. Clean. Looking like we got it all together. And we're bound. Full of hatred. Full of bitterness. Full of indignation. And still. Still, God is merciful to us. Judgmental, critical, and still. Argumentative, pout, and fuss, and ungrateful, and still. Selfish, self-absorbed, ungrateful, and still. Mercy comes running for us. We need to understand today that judgment is pronounced on sin, but mercy got in the way. The very reason why judgment has not been exercised yet is because mercy is holding it back. I want you to let this settle in for a moment. The very reason why we're not just here, but here in his presence, here with purpose, here with his spirit, is because of his mercy. Is anybody grateful for the mercy of the Lord? Listen to this. This is a true story. True story, and I thought to myself, I want to share this with you all because this gentleman was in the insane, insane asylum. And the author of this song, The Love of God, F.M. Lehman, he would discover these lyrics written in the walls of this insane asylum. And he completed it. But let me tell you what he wrote. He wrote after discovering this cell, he discovered these lyrics. And the first lyrics he found were, Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. F.M. Lehman would take the words from that insane asylum and add one more course. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure. How measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure. The saints and angels song. I'm telling you we're here because of a God who is merciful. 
he became, F.M. Lehman became aware of God's grace and mercy. He began to get his mind around God's grace and mercy. And we today ought to celebrate because we serve a God who is merciful. If there's anything that humanity should rejoice about, and let me be clear when I'm talking about humanity, fallen humanity, humanity who is riddled with sin. If there's anything we ought to rejoice about, it's God's mercy and that his mercy endures forever. Look at the 136th Psalm. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Now, if we were doing this like they would do back in ancient times, you know what? I would read, oh, give thanks to the God of gods. And you would respond, oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him alone who does great wonders. To him whom by wisdom made the heavens. His mercy endures forever. Mercy is defined as the unmerited favor and compassion of God. It is God's expression of goodness to sinful man, forgiving him, loving him, nurturing him, and saving him. Somebody ought to give God praise for mercy. What wonderful mercy and love that would reach down to fallen mankind and bring us up out of our miry clay and set our feet on a solid rock. I'm telling you, we are able to get a hold of the promises of God because of the mercies of God. And it's with great joy that we should reflect on God's mercy in our lives. God's been good to us. But see, we should not. We should not just retain, if you will, or receive God's mercy ourselves. It extends to all people. God would love to satisfy everybody's spiritual hunger and allow his great peace to flood every single soul. His mercy is not just limited to you and I. God desires to extend his mercy to everybody. Second Peter 3, 9, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody to experience his mercy. God's mercy is evident throughout history. I want you to think about this. I mean, I, I, I mentioned this to you all a couple of times ago, um, but we think sometimes, oh, well, God's trying to get me. I, I need you to get a more biblical understanding of who God is in Scripture. Because he isn't some big cosmic being that's out to get you. He's running after you. He came so that you might have abundant life. So what I need you to understand, let's, I'll, give you, I'll give you one example. In, in Genesis, in the beginning, the enemy is a master at, at tricking us. There are over, most scientists tell us that there's 2,400 99 trees. And so if by faith you're a believer and follow Christ, you would conclude that all those species of trees would be in the garden. So when the Lord told them, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. Have fun. Just go at it. But he told Adam, I shouldn't say them, because he told Adam, don't eat of this tree. Now Adam told Eve, don't even touch it. 
Don't, don't, even, don't even fool with it. Remember, we were talking about on Wednesdays the difference between revealed knowledge and communicated knowledge. It's something entirely different for God to reveal to you something, and that's what he did to Adam. Adam then communicated it to Eve. However, Eve, the enemy had tricked her into thinking that she was missing something. He was like, well, you know, look at this. And he got her to focus on the one thing that, you, that she could not have. And the reality of it is the mercy of God was, well, there's 2,498 other trees. But what we do is we focus on the one thing we can't have. Can I tell you right now, God is so good, he's not withholding anything good from you. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. It's the mercy of God. Some of you all right now are thinking, oh, I want this job or I want this promotion and I didn't get it. I'm so disappointed. The reason why you didn't get it, it's the mercy of God. Can I tell you, God knows what you need, when you need it, how you need it. Trust him because he is a merciful God. The reason why that relationship didn't work out is because God is merciful. You wonder like, oh, my Lord, I did not know. Now you know. And it's the mercy of God. And we ought to celebrate. And you know what? That accident, the reason why that accident didn't take you out, the mercy of God. I'm telling you, the reason why you have a roof over your head, the mercy of God. The reason why you got clothes on your back, the mercy of God. The reason why you're here right now, the mercy of God. And people can't get their mind around this. This is why they were fascinated. Because you have to understand. Think about this for a moment. God. The creator of the universe. Mercy. Became sin for us. That's mercy. He became sin for us. Now, he came to the world. That's mercy. Walked among us. Mercy. Willing to live in us. Mercy. Willing to come back and get us. Mercy. Preparing a place for us. Mercy. So much so that he uses gold as asphalt. Mercy. He's coming back for us. That's mercy. Um, when people were walking with Jesus. Now, remember the Pharisees. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm not even on my notes. I, I need to do a better job. But remember, the whole entire reason Jesus came. He says, hey, I didn't come for those who were well. I came for those who need help, sick. And so he would be with people like me. Because, you know, and people would trip because... They know. They knew. They, the religious world would go up to Jesus and they'd be like, Rabbi, teacher. They knew he taught with authority. Even the ruler of the Jews, Nicodemus, was like, we all know you're a teacher from God. So they understood a lot about it. So when they go to, they would try to catch him and they would say, what are you doing with them? Why are you going to have a party at his house? Why are you having a party at Akil's house? Don't you know who he is? Yeah, I do. Mercy. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Are you hearing me? 
So look, let me give you another example. I could do this all day long. I won't, though. Be encouraged. <laughs> Praise God. Woman caught in the act of adultery. Guilty. Guilty, bro. And according to law, since she's caught in the act of adultery, death is her punishment. So here they are. <laughs> she just looked guilty. No, she doesn't. It's my girl. She's not really my girl. For y'all don't, don't know. She's not my girl. <laughs> Praise God. I give everybody nicknames. Praise God. And she's what I was telling last night. You're my girl. So anyway, um, here we go. Guilty. They drag her out and catch her in the act. And they bring her in front of Jesus. They being the, uh, the Pharisees. And they've all got stones. And they bring her to the Lord. And they're like, what you going to do now, Jesus? Because we know, see, you have to understand. Be seated. Be seated. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I might call you back up in a second. Tiffany's like, thank you, Jesus. You have to understand, they were always trying to catch him. They were always trying to catch Jesus in something. So they tried to trip him up. See, there is something greater than the law. They couldn't get their mind around. And so they tried to catch him. They'd be, Jesus would be with his disciples. They'd be walking in the field. And they would come out from like the stalks of wheat. These Pharisees, I'm not making this up. Read it. And they, I mean, because you all would be walking with Jesus and you'd be like, Lord, that's, tell me a little bit more about that. I, I, I'm like Philip, you know, show me the father. Oh, I'm going to get some of this right here, this wheat. I'm going to eat some of this. Show me the father. It'll suffice. And he's like, once you see me, you've seen the father. And the Pharisees would jump out and be like, ha, I got you. Just like that. I, they didn't even get a chance to wash down the grain they're eating. He's like, y'all eating on the Sabbath? Yeah, yeah, what you going to do about that? You can't eat. You can't harvest grain on the Sabbath. And Jesus was like, well, if you understood who you're looking at, you would, you would know. Surely you know. He says, being kind of like teachers, you know what David did. David, when David was hungry, he was like, man, y'all better go tear that showbread up. I ain't worried about nothing else. Put some jelly on it. Let's hook it up. He said, but here you are. You don't understand mercy. This is why he tried to get them to understand. He looked them right in the face and said, hey, behold, a greater is here than Solomon, than Jonah, than the temple. And they're like, are you saying you're God? And he's like, and that is merciful. So this woman who is caught in the act of adultery, she has no other alternative. She knows she's not only humiliated, but I can trust, I can assure you, at that point, she knew what was coming to her. She was not arrested by hum uh, humiliation. She was arrested by the fact that she knew she was going to be sentenced to death. The only thing that she was thinking about at that point is trying to see how she could numb herself from the blows of the rocks hitting her upside the head. That's the only thing she was thinking about. Forget humility. Forget pride. I just want to die and I want it to be over with. 
Forget what they think about me. I know I'm what they think I am. Just kill me so it can be over with. Then they drag her in front of Jesus. And Jesus looks at them. And he says, you who are without sin. You who are without sin, cast the first stone. They got real quiet. Now, you can tell homegirl was in another place. Because she was so trying to protect herself. Getting ready to die. She did not even know they left. Because Jesus is like, hey. Where are your accusers? Look up. Where are your accusers? (laughs) And she's like, and then he's like, go. Sin no more. It's mercy. Some of us were just like that. Drug addicts. <laughs> Some of us were bound by so many various things in our lives. And God came to us. And when we were guilty, you know what he told us to do? Where were our accusers? They were gone. When the people who had wanted nothing to do with you, when the people who talked about you were no longer around, and God said, it's just you and I, mercy came running to her. She thought it was judgment, but it was mercy. What I'm telling you is, you have a reason to celebrate because judgment has not come to your doorstep. It is mercy. I've got good news for you this afternoon. Judgment is not here, but mercy is here. Mercy is here to pick you up out of your mess. Mercy is here to pick you up out of your dilemma. Mercy is here to get you out of your frustration. Mercy is here to get you out of your brokenness. Mercy is here, and it's running to you. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, Here's where I'm going to lean on this. Here's where I'm going to lean on this. We want to receive mercy, but do we want to be merciful? See, this is why I love all y'all, and I hope you love me. But if you don't, Mateo was like, well, I was about to say, you have potential. <laughs> it's an inside joke for some of you. <laughs> He's being quick with him. It's a two-way street. The Lord says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Can I tell you, if we're going to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to give mercy. Can I tell you, people are a trip. Don't look at anybody. People are difficult. Please don't look at anybody. People can be a challenge. Just look straight ahead. Don't, especially don't look. Men, do not look at your wives. Yes. Just bless the Lord. Just bless them. And you just say, I know I can be difficult. You're going to look at your wife. You say, baby, he's talking about me. I know I can be difficult. We can be difficult. We can be obtrusive. We can be unforgiving. We can be relentless, but God calls us to give mercy. If we're going to reach this world, 
if we're going to turn it upside down and they experience the extraordinary life in Jesus Christ, we're going to have to give mercy. And the scripture's clear. If you want it, you better give it. Now, here's the thing. Let me help you out. Just like mercy came running for you and it made no sense, you know what? You run and give mercy. And you don't do this by feeling. You do it by faith. I had somebody who did me wrong, and I'm talking about, I'll never forget this. I won't unpack this all, but it was a colleague of mine, a ministerial colleague, and I was, I was broken. And it was kind of one of those moments where, not, not so much now, but uh, when I would talk about it privately, and I just recently got to a place where I could talk about it publicly, not details, but just some of the scenario, it hit a nerve. It would hit a nerve, and man, I would just become broken. And I remember a prophet calling me. And you'll know me, I'm not really all in. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, now, now, I know he's a prophet because he was dead on. Now, if somebody, he didn't call me up and say, hey, this is prophet so-and-so. I, I don't get down with all that. If you're introducing yourself as a prophet, I'm just going to tell you, come on, go, let's go. Go and have a seat. Go and have a seat before you start prophet lying. But he calls me up. He says, hey, you're about to get a phone call from so-and-so. Now, he... He didn't know details, like like I knew the details. He called a called a man by name. Like you gonna get a phone call from so and so, and he said, "You are to extend mercy like a hungry man who hasn't had a meal in three days." And do you know the next day my phone rang? And I got a phone call from that ministerial colleague saying, hey, I'm sorry. You know what I was quick to do? Give mercy. Can I tell you right now? Give mercy. Give mercy in your relationships. Give mercy on the job. Give mercy to your spouse. Give mercy to your children. Give mercy to your grandchildren. Give mercy. Give mercy to your brothers and sisters sitting right next to you. Give mercy to people. When you give mercy, you'll receive mercy. And when we show mercy to people in the world who don't know him and they experience the mercy of God, they'll want to know the love of God. And when they get a hold of the love of God, they'll know that he's the real thing and he can change their world. But it's starts by giving mercy and some of us are you know what you know why we don't want to give mercy because it's messy let me just help you out relationships are messy people are broken there is not one functional character in scripture save Jesus all broken all dysfunctional everybody had issues but we, can I just tell you, you cannot be involved with the people and it be sterile. You are going to get messy. People are going to hurt you. They're going to offend you. They're going to do things to upset you. They're going to ignore you at times, intentionally, unintentionally. But can I tell you, still give mercy. Still give mercy. It's just like I've, I've said this before, but at a distance, everybody looks great. At a distance... You know what? Raul's probably looking at me like, man, Kill looks like he's got his act together. If Raul lived with me for a week, he'd be like, oh my gosh. If I don't see that man for five weeks, it'd be okay with me. It's amazing. It's amazing at a distance 
how good everybody looks. But the more you do life with people, you realize how much mercy we all need. Can I tell you, mercy is not fair. See, the reason, here's another reason why we don't want to give mercy. Because we want fair. But the fair doctrine is not scriptural. If we got what we deserved, this is why you ought to rejoice when no matter who comes through those doors and they can be used of God, it's mercy. That's why you ought to rejoice in the fact that, yeah, they might have went off on you last week unintentionally or intentionally, but are still being used of God. It's mercy. The fact that, you know what, don't be worried about what they're doing or who's doing what. Can I tell you, I'm not minimizing any of that. I'm simply saying the reason that they're still here is because of God's mercy. He's trying to do a work in their life. His mercy is running to them. Right, right. Last example. Doesn't mean I'm done preaching, by the way. Last example. Judas. Many of us think, many of us think, well, how could you betray Jesus? You're with him in the flesh, God in the flesh. How could that be, Judas? But many of us today who are born-again believers, who have received the spirit of God, we do similar stuff. This is why I, 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 I get a kick out of people because we're like, Man, how could David do that? Like, what you talking about, bro? How could David do what? He's a human being. How could, how could this happen? And so when you look at this, when you look at Judas, you see this. And what's interesting, all throughout the Gospels, Jesus knows he's going to betray him. Also knows he's a thief. A thief. When the ministry started taking off, Judas was the one who was taking care of it. The money. And you know what he was doing? He was like... Some for Jesus, some for me. He was like, a little more for me. And here he is, stealing from God. And no lightning bolt came out of heaven and struck him dead. Mercy. Mercy to get right. Mercy. Are you hearing me? The very reason why you are here today is because mercy is coming after you. Mercy was coming after Judas. Even when he looked at Mary, who had a whole lot of issues, he looked at her condescending. Why would she do that? That's worth a year's wages. Doesn't she know? Here he goes, trying to cover up his sin. What we could do with the poor. Forget the fact that he's stealing. But I'm so righteous. You know what we could do with the poor with that, Mary? Still, mercy. Till the end. Till the end. When he sold him out for a few pieces of silver. And he betrays him with a kiss. The Lord himself calls the man friend. That's mercy. Are you hearing me today? 
I'm trying to reach somebody today. No, excuse me. The mercy of God is trying to reach somebody today because he still calls you friend because of his mercy. Despite what you feel, despite what you've done, you are still a friend to God. His mercy is calling you today, and you need to respond to his mercy and to receive it by faith. Mercy is something he wants us to give. I'm moving quickly. I really am now. I really am. God's judgment is tempered by his mercy. We know that sin requires a price and that God's justice is through judgment. But never underestimate the power of mercy, of the mercy of God. Even when it appears we have no right to obtain mercy. The thread of God's mercy is all throughout scripture. I could go and talk about Jonah and how Nineveh responded. I could talk about, like we talked about, the woman caught in the act of adultery. We talked about Judas. We could even talk about Barabbas. We could talk about the thief on the cross. So many instances of mercy. Can I tell you right now, there is no record in Scripture where Barabbas is even thinking about Jesus. He doesn't even say, thank you, Lord. I appreciate it. Or thank you, Jesus. I appreciate that. Because he's guilty. Instead, he's pardoned. And Jesus could have stopped all of that. But he didn't. Mercy. The thief on the cross. Was he without fault? Absolutely not. He was guilty. But Jesus looked at him and said, this day. This day. Can I tell you, mercy is here for you this day. Mercy is here for you this day. The great giver of mercy, Jesus Christ, is still ready to respond to those who will ask. He will give you mercy just like he did for the thief on the cross. He'll give you mercy just like he did for the woman caught in the act of adultery. He'll give you mercy just like he extended it to Judas. He'll give you mercy. Like, I'm telling you, he'll give you mercy. Let's stand. If our greatest need was information or was for information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need was for technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was for pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. If our greatest need was for money, God would have sent an economist. But since... Our greatest need is for mercy. He sent himself. You see, I'm not always holy. I don't always do the right thing. I don't always think the right thoughts. I don't always say the right things. I need a righteousness that's not my own. I need mercy. I need mercy that's new every morning. Let me show you Lamentations 3.22. Lamentations 3.22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Can I tell you, today, your strength can be renewed as eagles. Today, your inward man can be renewed. Today, your prayer life can be renewed. Today, 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 God's mercy is renewed each day. Fresh mercy. 
here's the last thing I'll say because God's mercy makes no sense see right now most of the people we're reaching you can believe God doing the work in their life wait till we start reaching people that you're like wait a second you gonna let him come you gonna let her come wait till God starts extending mercy to those folks and then we start getting uncomfortable because God's mercy makes no sense praise God you can't rationalize his mercy he loves us to the utmost God is love he's the same one who told us to forgive 70 times 7 and see here's the reality of it in the beginning love created the earth love created man and then love became a man love died for her man and then love lifted the man for love so loved that the earth he so loved the earth that love gave himself are you hearing me the love of God is here right now to take you in your hand and to reach for you to care for you to rebuild you to restore you there's a story I'll share with you and I'll conclude with this it's a Dear Abby story it's a columnist she was a columnist and it was a column in the periodicals which I don't believe are published any longer but it's a true story young man from a wealthy family was about to graduate high school it was a custom in their affluent community for parents to give their graduating children a new car and the boy and his dad spent weeks picking out the one that he wanted at the dealership and the week before graduation they found the perfect car the boy was certain it would be in the driveway on graduation night he had made plans and he was ready on the eve of his graduation, however, his father handed him a small package wrapped in colorful paper. The father said the package contained the most valuable gift that he could ever think of giving his son. You know what it was? It was a Bible. The boy was so angry because that car was not in that driveway. He threw that Bible down stormed out of the house he was so angry with his dad he never saw his father again several years later the news of the father's death finally brought the son home again following the funeral he sat alone one evening going through his father's possessions that he was to inherit and what did he know what do you know he came across that bible his dad had given him overwhelmed by grief he brushed away the dust cracked it open for the very first time and when he did there was a cashier's check dated the day of his high school graduation fell right into his lap in the exact amount of the car that they had chosen together the gift had been there all along but he had turned away mercy is undeserved but it must be accepted. 
Do I deserve his mercy? Absolutely not. But do I have to receive it? Yeah. Do you deserve his mercy? Absolutely not. Do you have to receive it? Yeah. And today, the question is, do we want to receive it? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. And as a custom, what we do as a family, we come up here to the altar to pray. Many of us come. Not all of us aren't able to fit, but many of us come. And today I'd like for us to do that. But today is a little different in that I want us to begin to just talk to God for a moment before we come. Because some of us have a tough time receiving things. And you know if that's you, I want you just to begin to tell God, God help me. Help me. Help me to receive your mercy. I feel stuck. I feel stuck. I'm perplexed that I even have this opportunity right now to engage you and pursue you, but it's your mercy. I'm, I'm only here because of your mercy, God. I want to receive it today. I want to receive it today. I want to breathe again. I want to let go of this hurt, this heartache, this frustration, this disappointment. I want to receive your mercy. Come on, would you just talk to God all over this place? That's it. You just begin to share your heart with him. God, I'm here to receive your mercy. I accept your mercy. Do I deserve it? No, I don't. But you're still giving it. And since you're still giving it, God, I want to receive it. I want to receive it. Yes. Come on, that's it. Some of you just letting tears stream down your face. That's the mercy of God. Come on, some of you are wondering if you'll ever get another chance. Can I tell you, it's not over until God says it's over. He hasn't given up on you yet. There's still ministry in you. There's still purpose on your life. God wants to use you. He wants to use you now. His mercy is running after you today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.